John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. I myself did not know him. But for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, that would be the Father, said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Now, what we just read is amazing because he's saying, John, who was Jesus' cousin? Somehow, it never got communicated to him that even though their mothers had met when they were both babies, that Jesus was the Messiah. He says, I didn't know him. He had no idea. But he says that God, who sent him to baptize with water, said, when you see the Spirit descend and remain on someone, that's the Messiah. That's the Holy One. John doesn't know. He's just baptizing. Jesus comes up to him and asks John to baptize him. John somehow knows, he knows him enough that he's a righteous man. He says, I should be baptized by you. Jesus says, permit it. John baptizes him, comes out of the water, sees the heavens open, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and remains on him. And that's how he knows this is the Son of God. This is the one we're waiting for. Verse 35 now. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus and he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What are you seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you'll see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So John, who's writing his gospel, was probably the other one. One is Andrew, Simon's brother, and one is John, the one who's writing the gospel. They were disciples of John the Baptist. This is interesting to note, because we're going to be watching the interaction between John and Jesus. And it's interesting to note, at this point, John says, oh, the Lamb of God. His two disciples say, 
if this is if this is true, if this is the man, we're going. Why are we with you? You know, you're a great guy, but if this is the Messiah, we're following him. In Matthew 11, starting in verse 7. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, but more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. A lot of things in this passage. First of all, a reed shaken by the wind. Jesus is saying, do you see a man who's like a reed? He's swaying back and forth. Every way the wind blows, every way the popular opinion goes, he goes. No. You saw a man who is a pillar. You saw a rock. You saw a guy who's solid in what he believes. He's unwavering. He's not like the people. If there's money over here, they go over there. If, if it's over here, they're going over there. John is not a reed shaken by the wind. He's solid. Is he dressed in soft clothing? In other words, is he buying fancy luxury items to try to make himself comfortable? Is he about his personal comfort? No. He's wearing camel's hair. The man is... He could be charging people, but he's not. That's why people are drawn to him. He says he's more than a prophet. Now, this is interesting in verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. I believe what Jesus is saying. There has never, in the history of Israel, ever been so many people repenting. What happens when a person repents? The angels rejoice. Rejoice. Every person who repents is a big deal in heaven. Never in the history of Israel has there ever been so much widespread repentance and confession of sins. This is like violence. It's, it's so amazing. He's so happy. Jesus is, is thrilled that this has happened. In fact, Elijah, who John is coming in the power and the spirit of Elijah... That's what Elijah was hoping was going to happen in his ministry. But the people didn't repent. Here they are repenting. And they're coming in mass numbers, in droves, to be baptized and to repent and ask forgiveness for their sins. Jesus is just amazed by this. And he's very, very happy. 
I wonder if there's something that this idea of making the rough places plain, the, the crooked places straight, the hill, lowering the hills and filling in the valleys, if there's something in your lives that you could say, yeah, I could fill in that valley. Yeah, I could lower that hill. I could make it a little easier for God to speak to me. I want to make it easier for me to hear the voice of God. I want to make the rough places plain. I want to make the path straight so I have a straight path to Jesus. So let's pause now and see if there's something in your heart, something that's maybe blocking, that maybe if the king is coming, we want the road, we want the road smooth. If there's something you need to confess, uh, let's just go ahead and and, um, and speak to him about that tonight. Let's, we can even think together about what would God want you to say about yourself. He wants us to to know who we are, child of God. He wants us to know, you know, he wants us to know the direction we're headed. I would say for myself, if someone says, David, what do you say about yourself? And years ago, I would have said, oh, I'm a, do- I'm a doctor. I help people. I don't practice medicine anymore, but I still help people. I believe I'm doing more for people now than I did when I was trying to patch them up and give them more years of their life. If you can give people extra years of life, that's doing something. But if they're going back to the same life that they had and it wasn't a very good life, you've extended their life, but you haven't made it any better. So what I see that I am about now is making people's lives better. Getting them to connect to God in a way Similar to John the Baptist, these people were having trouble connecting to God. And they went out there, and he baptized them, they confessed their sins, and they felt better. And so what did they do? They went and they told their neighbor, I just went out there, you got to go out and see that guy. He helped people connect to God to, to help them feel that God loves you, he wants to talk to you, he'll forgive your sins, but he wants you to represent him. So when you're thinking about the answer to this question tonight, as you're going to sleep, what do you say about yourself, which is what they came to ask John? Not what does God say about you, because you need to say the things about yourself that God is saying about you. What do you say about yourself? I represent my father. That's a strong statement. That is your destiny. It is to repent, it is to be forgiven, it is, but more than just, oh, I have to be righteous, I have to be holy, I have to stop sinning, that's sort of the emphasis on a negative. We want our emphasis to be on something positive. John the Baptist had his emphasis on something positive. I am making straight the way of the Lord. He didn't say, I don't want to sin, so I'm doing this. Not sinning was part of representing God to the people. So because he had this idea about himself, I'm representing God to the people. By the way, we're all doing that, whether we know it or not, whether we take it seriously or not. We are representing 
God to the people. We are a kingdom of priests. John was an actual priest in his pedigree, in his uh, lineage, but we also are a kingdom of priests, and priests are supposed to take people who are sinners and connect them with God. That was the job of the priests. They were not doing that in the temple. John started doing it outside the temple, and we are to do that now and also help connect people to God. Father, I thank you for the men who've come tonight. I thank you for their lives. Thank you for what you say, the calling you have put on each of their lives, the calling to know you, the calling to be like you, the calling to represent you. Lord, show us what that looks like. Show us how we can make the rough places plain. Show us how you can help us with that. I pray a blessing on each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.